If Hillary Clinton becomes president of the United States tonight, God forbid, she'll have one force to thank above all others, the love and protection of the mainstream media. Yes, they've covered her foibles, but only after being forced to do so by WikiLeaks and the FBI. Sure, they've criticized her, but only just enough to maintain the patina of credibility. In reality, the media pushed Clinton to her perch atop the Democratic Party, then ensured that she would stay there despite being destroyed by Barack Obama in 2008 and nearly beaten by septuagenarian asylum escapee Bernie Sanders in 2016. A charisma-free, grating personality, visionless candidate like Hillary never could have ascended to the White House without her friends in the media. If nothing else, this election has exposed the media for what they are. Between new Democratic National Committee Chair Donna Brazile funneling CNN town hall questions to Hillary and the networks running anti-Trump fact-checking chirons under Trump's speeches, the media have made pretty clear where they stand, which is a good thing. Next time around, no matter how this goes, Republicans will have one crucial advantage. Nobody, nobody, nobody will trust the lying media to tell the truth about the next Republican. HBO's Bill Maher admitted he'd spent more than a decade fibbing about Republicans and their Hitlerian tendencies, then of course immediately called Donald Trump Hitler. He'll do the same thing in 2020, but Americans won't take him seriously. After all, we've now seen the Democrats and the media but I repeat myself, will treat Mitt Romney and Donald Trump exactly the same way, which means they'll treat the 2020 nominee if Trump loses the same way, which means we should never, ever, ever take their opinions seriously on candidates ever again. This election has been a real acid test for everyone from Democrats to Republicans, but the ultimate losers of this acid test are the members of the press who may have told the partial truth about Donald Trump, but in doing so demonstrated how often they lie outright about non-Trump Republicans and in favor of all Democrats. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. So today has come. Election Day is here, and we have so much to talk about. I'm going to give you sort of my election guide. I'm going to be five arguments in favor of voting for Donald Trump and five arguments against voting for Donald Trump. Today, we'll try to be as fair-minded about that as possible. We'll go through all of the news of the day. Um, but first, we have to say hello to our friends over at Birch Gold. So if you're feeling uncertain, if you're feeling wary about the future, if you're feeling as though you're adrift in a sea of crap, well, perhaps you should think about investing in precious metals to protect yourself from the vagaries and vicissitudes of the United States economy, particularly in real estate and the stock market. Birchgold.com is the place to go for that. Birchgold.com slash Ben. These are the precious metal IRA specialists. If you want to move your IRA or 401k out of the stock market into precious metals, this is the place to go. They'll give you a 16-page free kit. Ask all your questions. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. It's Birchgold.com slash Ben. B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash Ben, and, uh, and now is a good time to call because I think that there's some chaos a-brewing. So, birchgold.com is the place to go. Make sure you use the slash Ben so they know we sent you, and they continue advertising with us, and therefore paying the, 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 for the employment of our, of our unemployable producers otherwise. Okay, so today is the day. We have finally arrived. You didn't think that it would happen, and let me tell you, everybody is very excited to vote. This is live video from people rushing out to the polls, actually. Yep, there it is. People very pumped up about voting today. And I'm very excited to announce that we have a real choice on our hands. It's a pretty spectacular choice uh, between two of the best candidates America has to offer. This is Debate 2004 with your host, Jim Lehrer. Welcome to the cable access televised debate between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. <laughs> we'll start with giant douche. <laughs> Sir, some students and parents are reluctant to have a giant douche represent them. What do you say to those people? Jim, first of all, I would like to thank you for monitoring this debate. And I would like to thank all of the students and their parents for coming. Ah, uh, suck up! Suck up! Shh! What? That's an obvious suck up move. 
But I would hope that those students and their parents who question my qualities would simply look at my opponent. He is a turd sandwich. <laughs> You're a turd sandwich. No, sir, if you'll pardon me, you are in fact the turd sandwich. You're a turd sandwich. <laughs> sir, you are a turd sandwich. So who's You're excited to vote today, guys? Pretty exciting. And, uh, and in fact, you know, look, it is a binary vote. It's a two-party system. One or the other of these people are going to win, and it really matters. We've been told this is the most important election of our lifetime. It's, hey, it's a two-party system. Politics of failure have failed. We need to make them work again. Tomorrow, when you are sealed in the voting cubicle, vote for me, Senator Ke Bob Dole. I am looking forward to an orderly election tomorrow, which will eliminate the need for a violent bloodbath. America, take a good look at your beloved candidates. They're nothing but hideous space reptiles. It's true. We are aliens. But what are you going to do about it? It's a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. He's right. This is a two-party system. <laughs> well, I believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. Go ahead. Throw your vote away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it's a very important election. It is. It's very, very important, this election. Uh, and, uh, and you know, look, the fact is that we're lucky. We live in a country where voting is an everyday process, where it's, where it's easy and it's free. And everyday processes never have bad consequences at all, as you see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there may be some bad consequences. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could go badly. And I know everybody is very up today. Everybody's very excited. I know that people are eager to go to the polls. People are just, people are, are really, really, really excited. We're really feeling it today. I mean, we have some live footage from some folks, you know, just, uh, and, and, you know, how people are really feeling just about this election cycle. Um, you know, make sure you enjoy a drink today. You know, just feel good about yourself because it's America. You know? You really got, yeah, that's how we're feeling today. America is soaring like an eagle today. We are just, we're flying like an eagle into the future. <laughs> uh, make sure that you dress up when you go to the polls today as well. I mean, you make sure, put on your, put on your Tuesday best, as I like to say. And uh, I know I'm pretty stoked for the election results tonight. Yep, just launch yourself right into the stratosphere. That's how things are just going spectacularly this is today. You know, this is how I sort of feel about this. I got to be honest. You know, if you're really if you're really revved up for the vote today, I, I don't blame you. I mean, it's an exciting day. It really, really is exciting. <laughs> and if if all else fails, I mean, if all else fails, then you can always just hang under your favorite tree. You can do that as well. <laughs> so just uh, you know I, I know everybody's very pumped up and i know we're all excited to go but but look the outcome is already preordained there are only going to be winners in this election cycle <laughs> we laugh so we don't cry folks i mean this is just the way that this has to be so it's uh pretty pretty spectacular okay so uh so here is the deal Put, all joking aside um 
it's a crappy day. It's just a crappy day. And so now we're going to go through some of the arguments for and against voting for Donald Trump, because here, here's the reality. As I've said before, there are good arguments for voting for Donald Trump to stop Hillary Clinton. There are good arguments for not voting for Donald Trump because he's a turd. Um, so the, we'll, we'll go through those arguments. And I'm going to try not to bias these arguments. You know where I stand on this. I'm not voting for either of these two people because crap sandwich versus giant douche. Neither of them meet my basic standard for human beings who get to be president of the United States, and my vote means something to me beyond the instrument of my vote. But I want to go through the honest arguments for voting for Donald Trump, because I think that there are a lot of people who are convinced by these arguments, and I'm not going to try and argue you out of it. I'm just going to make the arguments on both sides. So I think there are five good arguments for voting for Donald Trump. First of all, there are people who argue that if you're voting for Trump, you're not voting for Trump the person, you're voting for Donald Trump's platform or against Hillary Clinton's platform. So you don't have any moral qualms right? My vote for Trump is not a vote for Trump. It's a vote for all these other things that I think are not Trump. And Dennis Prager says this, my friend. He says that voting Trump is the most decent thing you can do with your vote. You're showing Hillary that she can't get away with this sort of corruption and leftism. Your vote is just a vote. It expires November 9th. You might as well use it against the person you like the least. Your vote is an instrument of policy only. Then there's the most popular pro-Trump argument, which is really just that Trump is better than Hillary, right? The argument that you saw in that South Park cartoon, that Trump is better than Hillary. Andrew Clavin, my good friend, we were having a knockdown dragout battle before the show about this particular <laughs> argument. But basically what he says is that there's a binary election. One of these two people is going to be president. And he writes today, in principle and to some degree in truth, for a conservative not to choose is to give aid to the greater leftist Hillary Clinton. These people are bad, but one of them is going to be president. And if one is better than the other, it's my patriotic duty to try to figure out which one that is and vote for him or her. Trump is clearly better. Dennis, of course, agrees. He has a piece over at National Review today. He says, the only relevant moral lesson here is not that the lesser of two evils is still evil. It is that choosing the lesser of two evils by definition increases good. And he says that we know Hillary will be awful. Trump may not be. And Victor Davis Hanson basically says that he, on a bunch of issues like the Supreme Court and Obamacare and the dead and rebuilding the military and the Second Amendment, Trump is different than Hillary and better than Hillary. So that's the Trump is better than Hillary argument, which, is, which has some merit to it. Third argument in favor of voting for Donald Trump today. And this comes from Ed Morrissey at Hot Air, and, uh, and Drew makes the same argument. Basically, Trump is less corrupt than Hillary Clinton. He's been part of this crony capitalist machine, but Hillary has actively corrupted government. Uh, that's, that's what Ed Morrissey writes at Hot Air. Drew says, there will be moments of grotesque bad behavior that will lower the dignity of the office from Trump, but they'll be nowhere near as damaging as a new Clintonocracy. She'll corrupt government itself. Trump's a goon, but if he were as dirty as Clinton, we'd already know about it. So Clinton will corrupt government in, in a new way by, by exposing the executive branch to her corruption even more than what Obama has done. Trump won't do the same thing. He may not drain the swamp, as he's fond of saying, but he'll be better than Hillary on that. Uh, the fourth argument that I've seen is, why worry about character? Why worry about any of Trump's foibles? Why worry about the fact that the guy's terrible? The Democrats do this stuff all the time. Why hand them the electoral advantage? Why can't we be build the, the hand them? Why would we hand them the electoral advantage of they solidify behind their candidate no matter who he or she is? While we have qualms, we can't hand them that sort of advantage. Republicans have to hold their note and vote in the same way the Democrats hold their nose and vote, or we'll never win another election. And finally, there's the argument that I think underlies a lot of this, and this one comes courtesy of Dennis as well. Also, this is the Flight 93 election argument. 
And Dennis says that he's not willing to turn America over to four more years of leftism since the damage would be permanent. He says America, as envisioned since its founding, as the world's beacon of individual liberty, Lincoln's last best hope of Earth, it won't be here. This is the end stop. This is the last stop. If it's the last stop, you can either go to Trump Town or you can go to Hillaryville. Those are the only two choices. The last stop on the train is this election cycle. That's it. We're done. Okay. And, and Flight 93 election basically says the same thing. We're either hitting the building or hitting the ground, but this is the last stop for the plane. So you may as well hit the ground as opposed to letting this hit the World Trade Centers. Now, here are the arguments, and, and a lot of people find these arguments convincing. I'm not going to try to convince you that those arguments are wrong or false. I think they're flawed. I do. That's why I'm not voting. But I find some of these arguments have logic that is compelling. Okay, now I want to talk about the five arguments against voting for Trump for a conserv- from a conservative perspective. And note, by the way, there are zero arguments for voting for Hillary. There are no arguments for voting for Hillary. Hillary does not reflect any character or policy positions that conservatives should support in any way. And in fact, it is imperative that conservatives never show support for Hillary Clinton because then it gives her permission to do all the terrible things that she's going to do. So these are just five arguments basically for voting for McMullen or for not voting at the top of the ticket at all. I voted today already in California. I did not vote at the top of the ticket, which is something I did not foresee, certainly when this election cycle started and makes me sick to my stomach as I sit here. Okay, so here are five arguments for foregoing voting in favor of Donald Trump. First of all, your vote is more, and I think this is true, your vote is more than an instrument of policy. So the Trump people say, look, your vote is a coupon, it expires November 9th, and that's it. You use it, you don't use it, doesn't really matter to anybody else. Your vote's your vote, that's all. I don't think that's true, particularly for public figures. When you vote, you send a message. This is acceptable. It's the reason I would never vote for Hillary Clinton. You cannot vote against Hillary without also voting for Donald Trump. You can't. Everybody inherently understands this. If you can simply vote for one or the other as an instrument of policy, a lot of Republicans would vote for somebody like David Duke to repeal Obamacare in the Senate. So ask yourself this. You have a minimum standard. Everybody has a minimum standard of a Republican who they think they agree with more on policy, but they wouldn't vote for on character grounds. Does Donald Trump meet your basic standard on character grounds? Trump may meet your standard for president, but if he doesn't, that's a problem even if you hate and despise Hillary Clinton and think she'll be terrible, as I do. Donald Trump's policy knowledge is nil. He's an ad hoc nationalist populist. He panders to some of the worst people on the planet, from Vladimir Putin to the alt-right. He has no history of listening to his advisors, despite all talk to the contrary. He said he wants to cut deal with Democrats. He is toxic to every demographic group that is growing in the United States. He's the worst Republican candidate of my lifetime, which is why he's losing to the worst Democratic candidate of my lifetime, Hillary Clinton. If he earned your vote, then you earned your vote. But if he didn't earn your vote, then maybe your vote has to be earned. Maybe it's not just a coupon that expires November 9th. That's argument number one. Your vote is more than an instrument of policy. It says something about your minimum standards for qualifications for the Oval Office. Argument number two. Okay, the Trump that people have been building up is fantasy Trump. Trump will not just be a, he won't be a good president. He'll be a mediocrity at best. So let's not make the argument that Trump is going to be some sort of great God King who comes in and fixes everything. It's not true. Okay, first of all, on Supreme Court justices, which is the one you hear all the time, The chances that Donald Trump nominates and confirms a Supreme Court justice who is conservative are essentially nil. This entire election cycle was predicated on the idea that Senator Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, that Senator Mitch McConnell was going to ram through—was a wimp. I mean, that was the the entire election cycle was Mitch McConnell's a giant pansy. We need somebody who's a tough guy. That was the entire election cycle, right? Well, now the idea is Donald Trump's going to nominate somebody. Mitch McConnell will have maybe 50 senators, maybe 50 senators, and then he's going to ram through a conservative? Using the nuclear option, it ain't going to happen. 
Okay, he's awful on trade. Trump is. He's awful on foreign policy. He's a Buchananite isolationist, paleoconservative. His pro-life stance is dicey at best. It's better than Hillary Clinton's for sure, but I don't think he's going to be strong on abortion in any real way. He said he doesn't mind losing the Senate because he wants to cut deal with Democrats. He will multiply the debt. He says he wants to expand entitlements. He says he wants to repeal, repeal Obamacare. But by the same token, he says he wants to expand Medicaid. So you don't have to create fantasy Trump. But people have been creating fantasy Trump, which means that the fourth argument against voting Trump is happening right now. Handing the conservative movement over to Trump is a big mistake. If you support Trump, it means you're handing party leadership over to him. It means carving the heart out of a possible constitutional conservative party and replacing it with Steve Bannon-esque nationalist populism, Trumpian nationalist populism, which basically is just big government leftism on behalf of a voting bloc that Donald Trump likes better. Donald Trump has never talked about freedom or liberty. He doesn't care about the Constitution. He actually sees these things as obstacles to his Trumpian rule and, and fixing all the problems, fixing, unrigging, uncucking the system for his supporters. It turns the Republican Party into a far-right nationalist party from Europe, uh, and that's not something I want to see happen. Fourth argument, Republicans are better than Democrats, okay? The argument before from the other side was Republicans have to act like Democrats if we want to win. The counter-argument is Republicans should never act like Democrats because Democrats act like bad people when it comes to elections, and we shouldn't just fall into that trap morally. And finally, this is the one I think is, is the most real, this is not the last election. This is not the last election, okay? Hillary will be an awful president. Chances are she will also be a weak president. She'll be crippled by her own corruption. She will probably experience a recession while she's president of the United States. She's going to have to fight a Republican Congress. And if not a Republican Senate this year, then a Republican Senate in two years in 2018. Hillary lost to Obama in 2008. She nearly lost to an old socialist loon bag in 2016. The chances are pretty good that she loses in four years. So if this isn't the last election ever, you have to make a calculation. Do you think that Hillary Clinton for four years is worse than Republicans for the next eight after that, non-Trump Republicans for the next eight after that? Or do you think that Donald Trump's mediocrity for four years is better than eight years of Democratic dominance after that? Because let's face this thing, okay? If Donald Trump wins today, he's not going to be winning in four years. He's not going to be running against the worst candidate Democrats have ever fielded. It's not going to happen. They'll run somebody young. They'll run somebody better. They'll run somebody who's likely to beat Donald Trump, who is really, really unpopular. Plus, Donald Trump's going to spend the next four years making asinine comments about every minority group that he can possibly find and alienating all of them. So those, those are the arguments against voting for Trump. So now it's up to you. You're an adult. I've given you all the arguments for voting Trump that are good. And here's the, and, and I've given you all the arguments that are against, for voting against Trump, and those are all the arguments. Now, I have to take a well. You consider your vote. We have to take a brief break and say hello to our, our advertisers over at Lyft. So Lyft is uh, is the best car share service, the best the best car sharing service. There's a reason that President Obama wants to become a driver for the other car share service. Uh, Lyft is is the best one. I know this because my wife takes Lyft when she has to get off rotations late at night. She's a doctor. She gets off rotations late at night, and she's too tired to drive because it's unsafe. I trust my wife's safety with Lyft, and so does she. Uh, and that means that they really screen their drivers in a pretty thoroughgoing way. All their cars have to be, I think, within the last five years. Uh, you can tip in the app, which leads to happier drivers and, and better drivers who are driving for Lyft. Uh, it isn't the biggest ride-sharing app, but it is the fastest-growing and the highest-rated ride-sharing app. Lyft offers our listeners a special deal. If you get the app and you enter promo code Shapiro, then you get $30 off. 
You get a $30 value. It's t- three free rides of $10 is what you get if you use Lyft and you use the promo code Shapiro today. And it is the best ride-sharing app there is in the country. That's promo code Shapiro. And again, I wouldn't trust them with my wife's safety unless I actually thought that they were a service that is worth using. Uh, that is that is Lyft. So download the app today on your phone. They really are terrific. Okay, so all of that said, everybody is now making their final pitches. Barack Obama is making his final pitch. And again, every time you listen to Democrats, this is the way that this election works. Every time you listen to Democrats, you want to vote Republican. And every time you listen to Donald Trump, you want to shoot yourself in the face. So so Barack Obama uh, makes his final pitch and he makes a strong play why you should vote for Donald Trump. Here he is saying that we have to make the GOP pay for not listening to me. You know, gridlock is not mysterious. It's not something that happens because both sides are being equally unreasonable. It has been a stated Republican strategy since I took office. And the only way to break it is to make those who engage in it pay a price by electing more Democrats tomorrow. Okay, so he says that we have to elect Democrats because that way people like Obama can ram through their agenda. Thankfully, it looks like the Senate is at least today. The polls show that it's pretty dead even. Republicans will maintain the House. Uh, Good shot that Republicans may even keep the Senate. 538 has it as a toss-up right now, like literally 50-50. I think it's 50.3% chance Democrats take the Senate, 49.7% chance Republicans maintain the Senate. At the very least, you have to vote today and vote down ticket, even if you choose not to vote for Trump. You have to vote down ticket for your senator to stop Hillary Clinton and stop the left's agenda. Because the fact is that Obama is just whatever you think of Mitch McConnell and the senators. And I think that a lot of them are terrible. The fact is that Obama's agenda in the first two years does not even come close to what he was not able to accomplish in the last six. All of his hard work, Obamacare, the stimulus package, all the most brutal stuff that Obama did, except for DACA and the executive orders, the the immigration executive orders, which he could have done anyway because he did it as the president, and then he lost in court about it. All of that happened in the first two years. Handing Hillary Clinton a Democratic Senate is a dangerous, dangerous thing, and we should make Hillary Clinton pay at the very least, by giving her a Congress that she has to overcome. Okay, well, we have to, unfortunately, stop the live feed at Facebook now. But if you want to subscribe, watch the rest of today's show, go over to dailywire.com right now. Eight bucks a month will get you access. It's going to be a very, very busy week. We'll be back on Facebook tonight, by the way. And we are doing a live broadcast on Facebook of the election coverage tonight. Me, Drew, Andrew Clavin, uh, Jeremy Boring, who's the managing editor who usually hides in his office, but will actually be part of the broadcast tonight. Uh, he'll be here, too. We have a, a stellar lineup of guests. Uh, I think Jonah Goldberg is stopping by. Stephen Crowder is stopping by. Um, it, it, it really is a big cast tonight. Glenn Beck is stopping by. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bunch of people who are stopping by. Both Never Trump and Pro-Trump people are stopping by. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. But DailyWire.com to subscribe. And right now, if you get the annual subscription, you still get a free copy of my book, True Allegiance, signed. Uh, and uh, you can be part of the team that brings you the, the, most, the most widely listened to conservative podcast in America. Okay, so as I say, Barack Obama uh, is is making the case that uh, you should vote Republican. But I will say that this election cycle, everything, and I've said this literally for a year now, everything Democrats say about Donald Trump is true. Everything Donald Trump says about Democrats is true. Here's Barack Obama ripping on Donald Trump's conduct during this election cycle. And here's the problem. People say, yeah, the media, they say this stuff about Republicans no matter what. That's true. They do. They said the same sort of stuff about Mitt Romney. The difference is that when they said it about Romney, they were lying. Okay, and I do think that truth makes a difference. It doesn't make the absolute difference. It doesn't always win, right? Obviously, the lies that they told about Mitt Romney were effective. Obviously, the lies that they said about Mitt Romney were were effective. But 
the reason that in the popular vote, Romney is so much closer than I think Trump will be tonight is because a lot of the stuff they say about Donald Trump actually is true. Here's Barack Obama ripping into Trump and his closeness to Vladimir Putin. If you discriminate against people of different faiths, that happens in other countries, but not this one. This is the United States of America. We've got a constitution. You know, his buddy Putin may think that's okay. I don't think it's okay. The American people don't think it's okay. Okay, and so there he is tying Trump to Putin. That's not complete conjecture. Uh, I mean, he has been very, very warm to Vladimir Putin during this election cycle. Now, it is galling to listen to Democrats do this. It churns my stomach. It churns my stomach. Because the fact is, the people who are looking at religious discrimination in the United States today are Democrats. It's Democrats who want to cram down same-sex marriage on religious people who simply want to abide by their religion. It's Democrats who want to cram down abortion on nuns. It's Democrats who are engaged in religious discrimination. But again, they're ripping on a guy who really doesn't care very much about those issues. Donald Trump has never spoken up about Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And Trump's relationship with Vladimir Putin is, is troublesome. But you will note that, that it's very difficult for, for Obama and company to make a strong case for Hillary Clinton because... Hillary is just so awful all the time. Here's Michelle Obama trying her best to be enthusiastic about Hillary Clinton last night. If we get out and vote tomorrow, Hillary Clinton will win. But if we stay home or we play around with a protest vote, then Hillary's opponent will win, period, end of story. Okay, so she's, she's making the same case that a lot of Republicans are making today. If you stay home, then Hillary wins. She's saying the same thing. Basically, both of them saying turd sandwich or, or douche canoe. That's, that's basically what they're saying. My opponent is worse than, than I am. Meanwhile, Hillary is just so wildly incompetent. She did this rally last night. She had 33,000 people there, which is an enormous number of people in Philadelphia. You can see that crowd. at the Ob- She had the Obamas there. She had Lady Gaga. She had Bruce Springsteen. She tried to bring out every living human being who is better than she is, which was, it turns out, virtually every person in the United States. Lady Gaga, who I have no idea why Lady Gaga is even on a stage. I mean, for God's sake, people, if this is what our politics have come to, here's Lady Gaga introducing Hillary Clinton last night. Yes, hello. I'll remind you over there, make sure that you can hear it, hear me. Hillary Clinton is made of steel. That's true, she's a robot. Hillary Clinton is unstoppable. I mean, that, that is also true. I mean, how many times did you think this was Weekend at Bernie's? And watching what he has done to us, I can promise you that she will protect us, not just from the outside, but on the inside as well. She will protect us. Oh, God, I hate celebrities. She'll protect your heart. Hillary Clinton is going to protect how you feel about yourself. I mean, this is why the Democrats, ah, this is why Democrats have to lose. It's so terrible. Question, why is it, so people have been asking why exactly uh, Hillary Clinton had Eva Braun introducing her, introducing her there. Uh, because if you can see this, then Lady Gaga is wearing a black outfit with a red armband um, and apparently a, a gold leaf medal from the Fuhrer. Um, but it turns out that that was actually just Lady Gaga dressed up like Michael Jackson, dressed up like Eva Braun. So that, that's an old Michael Jackson costume. I don't know why she's dressed like Michael Jackson. I don't know why Democrats think that a child molester is their hero. But I guess I do. I mean, they're about to elect a woman whose husband molests women on a routine basis. Hillary Clinton tries to make her final case, and she and her final case basically is, I am woman, hear me squeal. So tonight, I'm asking for your vote. And tomorrow, 
Let's make history together. I'm Hillary Clinton, and one last time, I approve this message. God, she is so frightening. Uh, on every level, she's, she's a frightening human being. I like that they have to shine so much light in her eyes just so she appears lifelike. It, it is, I mean, look at the reflection in those eyes. <laughs> like her pupils have disappeared because they, they now have giant Klieg lights aimed directly at her <laughs> just to make it look as though she's alive on the inside and that she has a soul. Uh, she also made the case yesterday that, uh, try, and again, the Democrats are so galling. It's so terrible. Here's Hillary Clinton saying, Donald Trump is wrong to question the foundations of our country. I am not going to let anybody rip away the progress we've made and turn the clock back, sending us back in time where people are free to question the foundation of our country, what our founders here did. You know, they did not agree on everything, in case you haven't remembered. There were lots of contentious arguments. But they saw a higher purpose, and they came together. That's what I want us to do. And we can take the first step tomorrow. Please make a plan to vote. Okay, so again, having Democrats claim that Donald Trump is undermining the Constitution, well, they, honest to God, undermine the Constitution every day. Like, she's standing there talking about founding principles. Name a founding principle that Hillary Clinton believes in. Like, one. She doesn't believe in any of them. She doesn't believe in freedom of speech. She believes that, that speech should be criminalized. She, th- she doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. She believes guns should be taken away from people. Hillary Clinton is a threat to the Constitution, obviously. Every time she tries to make an affirmative case for herself, it just falls apart. And again, she's, she's just ridiculous. Here's her, her, her closing remarks. She says she regrets how this campaign has gone, the tone of the campaign. I regret deeply how angry the tone of the campaign became. (laughs) And by the way, did any of you see those debates? Okay, so she says that that she wants to, yes, it turns out the tone of the campaign had something to do with you, Hillary. You were part of it, uh, and, uh, and it is not entirely Donald Trump's fault. The tone of the campaign took a downturn when you have the two worst people in America slapping each other with broomsticks. It turns out that things take a downturn. Meanwhile, meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, Donald Trump is making his closing, his closing pitch. Yesterday, he did about eight events. I mean, he was all over the place yesterday. Hands it to the guy. Uh, he's, if he's not juiced up, the man has an inordinate amount of energy. He did all of these rallies. And granted, they're not the most intellectually demanding rallies. I mean, I, I, they, they were broadcasting this on CNN while I was working out yesterday, and, I, and he was on for 45 minutes. And I swear to God, he said the same seven phrases over and over and over in a roving loop. Um, but in any case, Donald Trump makes his closing argument, and, uh, and his closing argument is that you should vote for him because something. So here's Donald Trump saying that, that Tom, uh, first he complained that Hillary was using celebrities, and then he says, well, Tom Brady's voting for me. Tom Brady. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. Great friend of mine. Great, great champion. Unbelievable winner. He called today, and he said, Donald, I support you, you're my friend, and I voted for you. And I want to tell you, this guy is a champ, and he is a winner, and he is a great person. 
So I said, so Tom, you voted for me, you support me. Am I allowed to say it tonight to this massive crowd in New Hampshire? He said, if you want to say it, you can say it. Okay. Tom Tom Brady has Tom Brady has now come out and endorsed uh, Donald Trump, or at least Trump says he has. Giselle Bundchen, who is Tom Brady's wife, she says we're not voting for Donald Trump. Brady apparently confirmed. So somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight. Although, given Tom Brady's past record, not for long, uh, because <laughs> done. And that, that's yes, that is a joke about about Bridget Fonda. In any case, uh, the, the, Donald Trump n- continues to make that case. He says, "Don't believe the polls. The polls are purposely wrong. Okay, they're not just wrong; they're purposely wrong. People are biasing the polls to disadvantage Donald Trump, uh, which is sort of." insane, but here he is on Fox and Friends. And also just the gigantic number of Republicans who have turned out to see you, the enthusiasm level. Do you think those things, the pollsters, are getting wrong? I do think a lot of the polls are purposely wrong. I think I can almost tell you by the people that do it. The media is very dishonest, extremely dishonest. And I think a lot of the polls are phony. Uh, I don't even think they interview people. I think they just put out phony numbers. I do think this. After the debates, I think my numbers really started to go up well. And then I did a series for the last two weeks only of, of you know, really important speeches, I think. And, you know, 20,000, 25,000 people, 31,000 people were showing up to these speeches. You saw yesterday, I mean, you saw the kind of crowds we're getting. And I said, something's happening here. Something incredible is happening here. Okay, so maybe all the polls are wrong. Maybe they're all cucked. Maybe the polls are all wrong. Or maybe you can't actually use anecdotal evidence like the size of a rally in order to determine people's level, statewide levels of support. It turns out that the Dodgers drew a lot of fans last year, but not all fans in the United States are Dodgers fans. Okay, that's making the same sampling error. It's really dumb. But again, I think that Trump, is in, he's inflated promises. And every time he talks about why you should vote for him, it just makes you think, why did we run this guy? Here was, his actual final case was more like this. He tried to make the case that the American working class is, is having its revenge now. The corrupt special interests have stolen your jobs and shipped your wealth to other countries. They've betrayed the working class of this country. Tomorrow, the American working class will strike back. It's about time. Dun, 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 dun. So the, 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 he, the working class will strike back. What, what I hate about this, class discussions are something the Democrats do. Okay, there's no such thing as the working class or the non-working class or the upper class or the middle class. They're just individuals who make a certain amount of money. Class systems come from Britain. Okay, They come from a caste system, the idea that you can't escape your class. You're not born into the middle class and you stay in the middle class. The vast majority of people in the, in the bottom 20% of income earners in the United States, 95% of those people will be out of the bottom 20% within 15 years. The vast majority of people who are in the top 1% will not be in the top 1% in the next 10 years in terms of income earning. People's incomes go up and down. They vary widely. But this sort of language being adopted by Republicans is not a good thing. This idea that the working class is going to have its revenge on the elites. Who are these elites they're going to have revenge on? Is it people who want the working class to have more freedom to buy things? Or is it elites like Hillary Clinton who want to use the government to control them? The words have to be defined. The words have to have meaning. Donald Trump doesn't give them meaning, which is why he's a populist. And when you just do this sort of thing, it's demagoguery. Democrats have been doing it for 100 years. But it's a new thing for Republicans to demagogue the way that Trump does. I don't like it, and it's, and it's one of the reasons why I think that, that he's bad for the Republican Party. Uh, Trump also finally made his, his, uh, his pitch again for building the wall. This has been his constant refrain all the way through. Build that wall. Hillary Clinton wants a fit. Think about this one. She wants a 550% increase 
And this is over the tremendous number of people coming in now of the Syrian refugees pouring into our country and virtually unlimited immigration from the most egregious and dangerous regions of the... Oh, don't worry about it. We're going to build the wall, folks. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. We're going to build the wall. It may be almost one o'clock in the morning, but I guarantee we're going to build that wall. Okay? The time has anything to do with it, sure. So, so, that's, so that's Trump's final pitch. We're going to build the wall. He said, by the way, back in the New York Times like six months ago, that every time the crowd gets bored, he just shouts, build that wall, and people cheer. So, again, is it good that he wants to build a wall? Sure. I think that there should be a physical barrier between the United States and Mexico to prevent illegal immigration. Um, but that's really not the major problem surrounding illegal immigration. But again, that's his, that's his final case. So Hillary's final case is, I will warm the cockles of your heart. And Donald Trump's final case is, testosterone McFace. That's basically what it what it comes down to, and and I, I do have to say that the, the Republicans in their in their id filled testosterone filled rage of this election cycle, they handed Hillary Clinton the only thing that could allow her to win, and that was she wanted desperately to have a battle of the sexes. It's what she wanted. She wanted to be able to castigate the Republican candidate as a sexist, somebody who was all id, somebody who's just everything that's wrong with masculinity, sort of this toxic masculine. I'm going to knock people over routine. So who did Republicans nominate? They nominated the grab him by the p word guy. And Hillary got to make all those arguments, even though she is the least decent representative for females I've ever seen. I mean, she's a worse representative for females than George W. Bush or Barack Obama because she's not a classy person, because she spends her entire career riding her husband's coattails and harassing the women that her husband sexually harassed and assaulted. And there she is claiming to be a champion on behalf of women. Wendy Davis just tweeted out, like literally this moment, she just tweeted out uh, something on behalf of Hillary, and it was a picture of a T-shirt that has ovaries on it. And that's literally her case, that Hillary has ovaries. And that's the stupidest case in the world. But when Donald Trump does what Donald Trump does, and when women feel threatened by Donald Trump, that's not a good way to win voters. So how's everything going to go today? Well, I gave you my estimate yesterday. I think that Hillary will win 321 electoral votes to Trump's 217. I think that she will win 49% to 44%. I could be wildly wrong. You know, Very early in the day, and it is early in the day, West Coast time, it's still going to be another four hours or so until the polls close on the East Coast and we start getting all sorts of results. But the fact is that the, the exit polls uh, are, are unreliable, so I'm not even going to report them to you. We did this in 2004. It's a mistake. Uh, I'm not going to report you anecdotal evidence either. I know people in L.A. who have seen 100-person lines in the middle of L.A., which means Democrats are showing up. I know people have shown up in New Hampshire, and there are not a lot of college-educated whites showing up. But until the votes start being tallied, none of this means anything. It's all just speculation at best, I'm basing my predictions on the poll evidence. I could be wrong. It could be a massive wave for Trump. I'm skeptical that that will happen. But if I'm wrong, then I'll say so first thing tomorrow. And I'll say so tonight on our on our live broadcast, which will be on Facebook and also at Daily Wire tonight. The, the you know, I posted a piece earlier last night uh, and it was titled, uh, is there any silver lining? Is there a silver lining? To this to this election cycle, and it's a beautiful picture of a uh, of uh, sunlight shining through the clouds. And on this awful election day, is there a silver lining for America? It's a brilliant piece. I recommend everybody go 
uh, and check it out right now. It's uh, yeah, I won't spoil the surprise. Just go to dailywire.com uh, to see what my silver linings to this election are. Again, the piece is titled, On This Awful Election Day, Is There a Silver Lining uh, for America? But I will say there is one silver lining. I mentioned it up top. The silver lining is that the media have been completely and utterly discredited. The media are a joke. Donna Brazile, who's the head of the DNC, she was using her position at CNN to send emails to Hillary Clinton, including town hall questions funneled from CNN. She says her conscience is clear. And, of course, that's how the media operates. So why wouldn't her conscience be clear? They're all a bunch of corruptocrats for Democrats. That's the nature of the beast. So, you know... I guess you know good, what? goodbye uh, CNN I, and hello whatever the next step hey, let is. Let me just I guess. tell you something. Yeah. Um, my conscience, uh, as an activist, as a strategist, my conscience is very clear. I, when I said what I said, I said it, and I'm not going back on it. Uh, but I also understand that throughout the primary season, whether it was 2008, uh, 2004, and 2000, whatever, 2016, I, I was in touch with. Everybody, Martin O'Malley, Bernie Sanders, who I've known for over 30 years, Hillary Clinton, who I've known for, but you doggone right, I'm going to talk to everybody. Joe, I will never go out on TV or come on radio without the fact. I will, I will act. I will, I will submit things. I will, I will circulate things. And guess what? I also, uh, I also enjoy the exchange that uh, I have with my colleagues. Okay, so she says that she doesn't regret anything. The media are so corrupt, it doesn't matter. Bill Maher, who just yesterday said that he apologized for demonizing Republicans, today he says that Hillary is just a wonder child. She's just wonderful. And then he wonders why we don't trust him on his political agenda. One parties, one side, and the FBI is okay with. The FBI is our internal police force. They are supposed to not take sides. They're with Russia. I thought they were the enemy. Okay, this is it's, it's scary. Yeah, it is scary. When one side starts calling the other side criminal, yeah. I mean, you may not like Hillary Clinton or agree with her policies, although I don't know why. She, you know, they hacked her, and she's not that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, interesting. What yeah. did they find? They, they looked yeah. everywhere. I mean, her, her emails were intermingled with Anthony Weiner's. No wonder she wiped her server. I would have had it boiled. <laughs> But what did they find? A tireless government nerd who never stops working for you. Oh, wow. What did they find? A tireless government nerd who never starts working for you. Yeah, they also found a bunch of classified information on her private email server. So there's that, which is a criminal activity. But again, the, the only if there is a silver lining, the only silver lining here is that the media's credibility has been utterly destroyed in this election cycle. OK, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. And uh, then you can go vote however you choose. You're an adult. Make your own call. I've told you how I'm voting. I told you how I voted, actually, because I've already voted today. And, uh, and, that is, uh, and that is what it is. So here we go. Things I like. Uh, so I, over the weekend, I saw Doctor Strange. I have said before, I'm a DC Comics person. I'm not a Marvel Comics person. Although I will say uh, that the, the DC quality in the comics seems to have declined somewhat uh, in the last few years. And Marvel seems to have improved. But... This, the, the new film, Doctor Strange, I thought it was great. I thought it was maybe the best Marvel movie. My, my favorite Marvel movie before this was Ant-Man because it was very tongue-in-cheek and very light. Um, I, I didn't like the Thor movies very much. I thought they were eh. Uh, I thought the Captain America movies are wildly overrated. Um, Marvel knows what it is. But Doctor Strange is actually the first Marvel movie where I thought they actually took on some darker material uh, and succeeded with it. Uh, here's, here's the preview of what it looked like. Doctor Strange. 
You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, we harness energy and shape reality. Oh, we can stop it there. It's, I, I thought that it was, I thought that this is a really fine movie. Uh, I thought that some of the ideas underlying it are really fun. It actually takes on biological determinism and, uh, and, basically debunks it, um, which which is really neat. Basically saying there are forces beyond those that we know of in our biology. We're not just atoms floating in a meaningless universe, which is a line that actually appears in the film. I thought that was cool. Um, I know that Andrew Clavin is down on all the superhero films. I don't mind them. You know, honestly, I'd rather the people watch superhero films than watch the sort of usual pornographic dreck that Hollywood puts out. So if those are the two choices, then I'll do that. Is it, you know, a deeply serious film? No, it's a comic book movie. Um, and, uh, but... As, as my sister has pointed out, uh, they basically mashed up every Christopher Nolan film ever, right? Like half the graphics are from Inception, where they're flipping the city on its side. Uh, and then they're also having dueling magicians that looks like the prestige. Um, and uh, it's, it's, but it is, it is very cool. I mean, the graphics are really neat. Uh, it's, it's got a cool twist that holds together pretty well, uh, which, is, which is pretty neat. Um, and uh, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was, I thought it was pretty terrific. For a, for a Marvel film particularly, I thought it was pretty terrific. The, the flaw in the film is that the villain is not particularly interesting. Very, very boring villain. But the origin story of the character is the part that's interesting. And the villain's like the fourth most important person in this story. The villain shows up and is kind of there. But, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's character is more important. Tilda Swinton's character is more important. Rachel McAdams' character is more important. The villain is not you know, the, the important character in this film. So Doctor Strange, it's worth seeing. Uh, probably a little scary for, for younger kids, but it is. Uh, but for teenagers and, and young teenagers, I think it's perfect. Uh, I, I, there's a little bit of cursing, but not too much. It's, 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 really, uh, it's really a good film. I really enjoyed it a lot. Okay, time for some things I hate. All righty, so um, uh, we'll start with uh, our good friend Madonna. So Madonna... Uh, makes the case for voting for Hillary Clinton. Uh, this is on Instagram. Uh, and Madonna's still trying to dress like she's a 16-year-old girl, even though she is actually older uh, than the Bible at this point, I believe. I think Hillary, they discovered her uh, in ancient Macedonia, Madonna, uh, and uncovered her crypt and then, de- and then unearthed her. Well, now she, she's already offered to perform oral sex on anybody who votes for Hillary Clinton, uh, which, I mean, I, that's still less people than she probably has performed that on historically. Um, but that's like 70 million people, presumably. Uh, but Madonna says, okay, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. She says, let's get down to business. We do not want a man who hates people of color and women and who is anti-Semitic. Look up the root meaning of Semitic to run this country. Uh, she's saying that Arabs are anti, uh, are Semitic peoples, which is silly. She says, we do not want a wall built around the U.S. paid for with our hard-earned money. All politicians lie. She capitalizes like every other word here. I don't know if she knows how the shift key works. Uh, she says, all, even our most beloved and esteemed, can we please get off the email scenario? What did the FBI prove this time? Can we focus on the bigger picture? If Trump were elected, we would be at war in no time at all. The whole world is laughing at us right now. I can only imagine what Trump writes in his emails. Wait, can he even write? Okay, you don't get to post this on Instagram and then ask whether Trump can write. Um, this, is, this is just ridiculous. She finishes up, vote Clinton or we are all effed. 
Okay, first of all, don't take your political advice from Madonna. If you do, you deserve whatever politics we get. That's how we got to the point where a reality TV star is running on the right to counter Lady Gaga and Madonna introducing Hillary on the left. This is a celebrity election, and it's just as bad as every celebrity election you would imagine would be. Note, celebrities are edited by their producers. Donald Trump was fun on The Apprentice because he had a team of editors making him palatable. Unfiltered Trump sucks. Hillary Clinton is a, Hillary Clinton is a reality TV star for the last 15 years. Her on the stump, she's been a disaster area. All of this is brought to you by celebrity culture that merges culture and politics, and this is what you end up with, is Madonna lecturing us all on voting. Never listen, as a, as a rule of thumb, never listen to anything that Madonna has to say about anything in the world ever. She's awful. Okay, other things that I hate. So one of the battles that's currently being fought already is what happens to the Republican Party after the election. We'll talk about this more tomorrow, I'm sure, after we actually have the results, because Trump may still win. He may pull a shocker. Um, But Sean Hannity is not waiting. Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, they're not waiting. The blame game has already begun. The people who are stumping for Trump during the primaries must have revenge on the people who found Trump utterly unpalatable as a candidate and as a human. Here is Sean Hannity vowing revenge, revenge. It has to be the biggest case of pre-election investigative whiplash this country has ever seen it's been it's made worse by the fact that once again there's a ton of new evidence nobody in the media and by the way there's a reckoning later this week on this program with the news media in this country there's a day of reckoning with the republican party after this election tomorrow and those that have sabotaged and those so-called intellectual conservatives that are smarter than everybody else You know, if you don't see the profound, distinct differences in this race, you're never going to see it. So I gave all the reasons early on in the show for voting for Trump, including the ones that Sean gives and the ones for voting against Trump. But the revenge minded revenge on behalf of a guy, if he loses, who lost on his own demerits to the worst Democratic candidate ever. uh, That stuff is just it's and there's no other way to put it. It's ass covering. It's ass covering. Okay, for for a lot of the people, the people who are doing this. You know how you can tell? Because the people who are calling for revenge against the Republicans who didn't vote for Trump and who found him not palatable as a conservative or as a candidate, the people calling for revenge were all the people stumping for Trump in the primaries. Right? You're not seeing anybody who's in the middle. Anybody who says, I reluctantly held my nose and vote for Trump, you're not seeing those people say revenge is required on the people who said Donald Trump was a bad candidate and we cannot be part of a Trump movement that corrupts conservatism, destroys our demographic future in terms of electioneering, and, uh, and rips away the heart of the morality of the conservative movement. Right? You're not seeing a lot of people in the middle say that. You're seeing the people who are fully invested to Trump, who lash themselves to the mast, and then when Trump, like Moby Dick, decided that he was going to bust a hole in the side of that ship and the thing sinks, then they say, well, you know, it's all your fault for not jumping on this ship. It's all your fault. Like, the, the people who lash themselves to the mast have an interest in this. They have an interest in this particular battle. You know, and, that's, and, and that's something I think is negative. If this turns into an internecine war over Donald Trump, Man, we deserve every shellacking we take from now until the end of time. If this is an internecine war over a losing candidate, if he does indeed lose tonight, then uh, then we deserve whatever comes next. We deserve the party splitting apart if that's the case. And we'll talk more about that after we have the results tonight, because one of two things has happened. Either Trump is going to win, in which case we're going to discuss you know, the reality of, uh, of, of standing up to Donald Trump and uh, as, as president of the United States and what we do to make palatable conservatism in a time when conservatism is in exile, or Trump is going to lose, in which case we're going to discuss what the future of the party looks like and what the breakdown looks like. But we'll get to all of that. I don't want to be premature about that because we don't have results. Results will start going to filter in like 
four hours here. We'll be here with you every step of the way tonight. Me, Andrew Clavin, Jeremy Boring. Plus, we're going to be having a, a list of all-star guests ranging from Glenn Beck to Jonah Goldberg. We're going to be having on uh, Stephen Crowder. We're going to have on Dave Rubin. So a really big list of guests tonight. Make sure that you're here. Be there or be square. And we will see you tonight. And tomorrow we'll be here uh, to, to pick up all of the pieces, what is left after the nuclear explosion that was this, this wasteful, horrendous race that just makes you want to hang yourself. But don't worry. We're not going to hang ourselves tonight. We're just going to drink our way through it, and it'll be fine. Be a hell of a hangover in the morning. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 